can wrap up in Monday Night Madness on Beyond the Airwaves, the Infinity Project. Good evening, everybody. It's Monday night, and you know what that means? It's time for another long work week, especially considering we had a very long weekend, right? Right. A lot of people. Hmm? Right. Anyway, yeah, anyway, it is Beyond the Airways Infinity Project, and because it's Monday, that means it's time for weekend wrap-up and Monday Night Madness. I'm your host for tonight. I am Oddball Stream. If you're hearing me a little differently, it's because I'm testing out a brand new microphone. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. You don't you don't say. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Shirley, you better get ready to get dumped. You're cutting in okay. and out. Oh, you're kidding me. All right. No, I'm not. Okay. Just well, anyway, be prepared for it. Okay. Anyway, I'm your host for tonight. I'm Oddball Beam. And currently joined line by two of my crazy cohorts. First, we have Red Ranger Tim. Evening to you, sir. Good evening, Madea. We also have our Asian magician. Good evening to you, Madea. Hello, Miss Shirley. How are you? And I'm how good. are you, Mister Mister Tim? I'm doing very good. That sounds good. They call me Mister Tim. <laughs> They yes, call me, they oh call me Mr. Tibbs. Yep, you knew where I was getting that from. Oh, oh yeah, that, I believe that was um, in the heat of the night. Yeah. All right. Well, guess what? I think it's time to get started with the with the box office. You know, because let's face it. There's the top of the there's the top of the bunch, and then the bottom of the heap. <laughs> Well, do we start from the bottom up or from the top down? We're going to the top down. So roll down, so roll down that top on your car, because we're going to start at the top. Roll baby. that beautiful <laughs> footage. Roll that roll beautiful, that bean, beautiful footage. bean footage. <laughs> roll that. You know, we need a sound effect for that. Yeah, I need to find that. In fact, there's a few sound effects I'd love to add. Um... That one, roll that beautiful bean footage, for starters. The second one is the roll Emperor's Laugh. Yeah. The second yeah, one the is? One, the Emperor's Laugh from that recent Star Wars trailer. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the third one I want to add is John Pertwee, when he says, listen to me. It turns out he says, he said, listen to me so many times during his run as the Doctor. <laughs> Where did you pick it up at? Watching um one of the Pertwee episodes on Pluto? No, actually, um, it was yesterday was John Pertwee's 100th birthday. If he were still alive. Uh huh. But yesterday, yesterday would have been his 100th birthday. And someone had posted a video on Twitter where he had him probably saying, "Listen to me." Every single time for about oh, bit twenty five seconds. Like, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I've got that much time left. Oh yeah, I would love to put that as a ringtone. Let's <laughs> put this as a ringtone and a sound effect. <laughs> All right, so ready or not, here and we if you go. Get that, if, that, if you got that ringtone in the middle of Walmart, you get the weirdest damn looks from people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But then they can have a whole bunch of wild ringtones anyway. All right. Anyway, to get things started, we start with uh, what was number one. And of course, this was a given. Spider-Man Far From Home easily won first place. Now, for the weekend by itself, $92.6 million. But since it started last Tuesday, $185 million. That's not too bad, is it? What Are was their budget? Kidding? 160 million. They already did it. <laughs> oh. So the rest is all gravy in the gravy boat. Yeah. And I happen to say, I saw the movie already myself. I'm done. <laughs> you saw the movie already? Yes, I did. When? Wednesday. <laughs> oh, yeah. The 3rd of July. That's right. You said you were going to mm-hmm. do it. 
right. I went to see it very it was a really good movie, it really was. Yeah, and and well what was fun was you see I went to the I went to the ten AM showing. And I think it was oh, hardly nobody the was there. It was only about ten of in the theater. It was like, well, that's okay. <laughs> All right, but anyway, Spider-Man Far From Home was far and away the winner. Number two was Toy Story 4, $33.8 million. Number three was Yesterday. That movie made $10 million. By the way, in case you don't know, Yesterday, it's basically like, what happened if only one person knew anything about the Beatles at all? No one else in the world knew it. So, okay. All right. Then Annabelle Comes Home was in fourth place with $9.4 million. And the number five movie was Aladdin with $7.5 million. Good news is Aladdin just well past its budget. You see, the budget was $183 million. It's already made $320.7. So it's doing just fine. I just hope Mulan does as good as Aladdin. Well, I saw the first trailer over the weekend. It actually looks pretty good. And I'm going to be honest here, okay? I really do not think a wise-talking, a wise-cracking dragon is going to work this live-action version. No, and from what I have read about mm-hmm. the new Mulan movie, it's less Disney and more Chinese, Chinese mythology. Chinese mythology. Yeah. So, and people are complaining there's no Mushu. It's Somebody like, even likes It's great in the animated moves. movie. It's like, it's great in the animated movie, but I think in this live action version, it's probably not going to work. Somebody's complained that there was too much martial arts in it. Well, duh. Well, what you explain? That's how it was in the original animated, too. There was a lot of martial arts. <laughs> yeah, I always like, like to read the comments when I see stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> you know where I love to go from this point. Bottom Bombs of the away. Bottom, bottom of the list for the, the box office. Yep. And the good news this time, there are only six movies that went below $1,000. Only six. You're going to be in shock on the last one. Trust me. (laughs) I don't like that. This will be good. Yeah. Only six six movies were below $1,000 this week. First, we have Pasolini with $843. Next is Leaving Home. Coming Home, A Portrait of Robert Frank, $769. Then we have Rafiki with $686. Wait a minute, did then, you say Rafiki? Rafiki, yeah. Rafiki? Rafiki, R-A-F-I-K-I, Rafiki. Oops, I just ran out of paper. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> All right, uh, next we have Indian Horse. We have Indian Horse with $596. Three Peaks with $378. And finally, the winner, or should I say the loser, the loser. Of, for the weekend roll is... The drum, roll, we'll the get drum, it. roll the drum. Hold it. Come on, General. For the third week in a row, it's the Wandering Soap Opera. 25 bucks. Oh. That's it. Nah. <laughs> How much was it last week? I think. Hold on, I can check and find out. I think it was like over a hundred last week. <laughs> Let me double check. Hold up. Let's see. It was two hundred twenty dollars last week, <laughs> and only twenty five this week. Yep, just twenty five bucks. <laughs> you might as well stick a fork in it. It's done. Oh yeah. Sick of working me, I am done. <laughs> but you know what? 
a lot of these were probably done as past those ones that are making really really low box offices. Uh huh. Are probably passion projects. Probably, probably. It was something makes sense. Oh, excuse me. You're I'll tell you this. I had a, I had a long weekend, and boy, I mean, by Saturday afternoon, mom and I took a mom and I took a road trip to Atlanta for some food shopping, and when we got home. I was wiped out. Why didn't you think? Why do you think I didn't call you Saturday night? Yeah, because I I was practically in bed by eight o'clock before the sun even went down. Yep, the sun went all the way down. It's like I'm too tired. <laughs> no more. Oh God, I got a little bit aggravated last night. I'm right in the middle of a good nature documentary on Water Channel. Uh huh. And the um, TV, the my the little genie dish in my room. Uh huh. Lost contact with the server. Oops. But yet, what was weird is it worked fine on my tablet. Yeah. Oh my God! All the time it didn't open up the chat room. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Oh. Yeah. Um, listen. I talked to Ashley, and she apologized for missing Mad Libs. Okay. Hey, hey, listen. It was the fifth. It was the fifth of July. It was the fourth of July weekend. You know, you know, everybody's busy being with family. And such. It's fine. Life always goes first. Remember? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, Ashan's gonna be going into the chat room shortly. I forgot Who is the chat room? I shine. Ice cream cravings are not to be taken are not to be taken lightly. No. That's attributed to Betsy Kanyas Garman. Yeah. Is she the one who left in Texas? Did the I don't know. Okay, that's all I'm gonna copy off right now. Yeah, but one thing one thing we didn't talk about on Friday because you know we were supposed to, we really have fun on Fridays. Um, What's that? The fact the fact that uh, we had some wild weather. <laughs> Let's see what was, was that. I think that before the July... earthquake. No, that was like before, during, and after the earthquakes. Because let's see, what was it? Um, there were tornado. There was a tornado in Wyoming on the Fourth of July. Of course, there was that first earthquake. Or what they call it, the horror shock mm-hmm. was six point four. And then they had the real thing, which was seven point one on Friday night. Because when, uh-huh. when I found, I had found out from our mutual friend James Henry Ward when he had posted, I just felt the quake. It's like really? So I looked it up on Google, and yeah, there it was. It said seven point one on Friday Jack night. Felt oh. it. Jack was playing mm-hmm. cards in the card room at the Aquarius Friday night and felt that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, slept through it. Uh-huh. Well, that's good. Let's see. Um, what else? Uh, someone in South Carolina died from a lightning strike. I think that was on the fourth as well. So. Oh. Yeah. It's like the weather has just gone. Wild. Crazy. And look, happened, and listen, to, and you hear what happened today in Washington, D.C.? No. One hour, 3.3 inches of rain. Crap. Oh, my. And it was enough that, uh, to cause, it was enough to cause, I actually saw this on the Weather Channel. It was like uh, the subways, one of the metro subways passed by, and you saw, and water just, just started spilling in. Uh, damn. Yeah, that's how serious that was. And I'm happy to say we got rain here. Yay! Our humidity is coming up. Our humidity is coming up a little. Mm. Which means maybe your monsoon will finally get started. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, this is super tired tonight. But, um, but yeah, let's see. 
the and the humidity here has just been downright ridiculous. And I think on Saturday, yeah, it was Saturday. I said, ladies and gentlemen, it feels like Virgil's blast furnace here in Montgomery. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's an episode of the original Thunderbirds, Pit of Pearl. Virgil's at the bottom of the pit. Okay, now he's in a special suit, all protected, but he says, whew, it's like a blast furnace down here. So, that's where that came from. Uh-huh. That's how hot it was. It was hot. How, how do you think firefighters feel? When they have to go respond to a fire wearing 80 pounds of turnout gear. Yeah. And it's 95 degrees out in the... 95 degrees out in a 65 degree dew point. Yeah. And the humidity is 75 and 80%. Yeah, exactly. I feel sorry for every single person who has to wear the long clothes in these situations. Especially the soldiers. Think about them, too. Oh, yeah. Think of them in the Iraqi desert. Mm-hmm. Or, the, or in Afghanistan, where my nephew was stationed a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sometimes it just, sometimes the weather just, the weather just crazy. The weather went wonky. Yeah. Welcome to wonky weather. Yeah. I feel right. sorry for anybody who has to do the... Uh, my friend Jim mm-hmm. used to be a welder. He used to work outside. You know? Mm-hmm. And can you imagine what that is like? What? No. Oh, can you imagine oh, what yeah. that's like working as a, we- as a welder in the summer mm-hmm. in Arizona? Ooh. I'll pass, yeah. thank you. Me too. You wouldn't get. You could get me do that for all the money in the world. I'm sorry. You couldn't get me to do it either. No. Sorry, I can't handle the heat. I can't handle it either. I got a like pain. I have a low threshold for too much heat. Right. I can tolerate it, but just tolerate it. Yeah. Well, let's see. We'll do, we do a little bit of sad news report. Um. 20-year-old Cameron Boyd, I believe that's his name. Um, he he was he was one of the stars of the Disney Channel series Jesse, and was one was like Cruella Deville's son in the Descent series of movies. He died in his sleep over the weekend. He was only 20. Oh, I wonder what I wonder what got him. Oh, hold on, wait. Oh crap. Ah, he, when this Uh-oh. happens, hold on. Bear with me. Oh, my. There, that's better. Sorry. My my head jack came off. <laughs> oh, my. It's trying to come off again. Oh, no, you do not. There. If I pull on it wrong, it will come out of my headphones. Yeah, but anyway, um, it was only 20 years old. He apparently suffered a seizure and and had this ongoing condition. We don't exactly know what it is. We may never know what it is because remember the family can keep it private if they want to. So right. But that is just sad because he was only 20 years old. You know, very pop, you know, very popular and such. But it just goes to show you, life is precious. You never know. One there, I want it there. I do agree with you. Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, something's making my leg itch. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Here's another passing. Um, If you remember the series Lois and Clark back in the 90s? Yes, the I actor, do. Yeah, the actor who played uh, Jonathan Kent on that show, his name was Eddie Jones, he passed away at the age of 82. Um, the actor who also appeared in Trading Places and League of Their Own began his screen career in earnest in 1978 and has worked consistently ever since, amassing over 75 credits according to the Internet Movie Database. While he has a charm served in most years, it wasn't until he got a little older that he broke into the mainstream consciousness in a big way, playing Pot Can on Lois and Clark. 
series will start Dean Kane as Superman slash Clark Kent and Jerry Hatcher as Lois Lane played on the then-current DC Comics continuity in which Jonathan and Martha Kent were still alive and played an active role in Clark's life. Jones and his on-screen wife, played by Kay Callan, regular figures in the series, often sharing screen time with Kane instead of Clark living in Metropolis. After all, super speed can be handy. In keeping with John Burns' 80s revival of Superman and Man of Steel, John and Martha were alive and an active part of Superman's career, helping him to come up with his costume as well as playing an active role in cheering on romance with Lois. They were additionally sometimes used for comic relief, since the Kents came from a background that is less fast-paced and chaotic than a major city newsroom, let alone superheroics. This demanded Jones and Kellen to have a lot of range. After the, after the success of Lois and Clark, Jones will return periodically genre fair. He had run on The Invisible Man in the role of the official, Charles Borden, which went from 2000 to 2002. Later, he would provide the voice work for the role of CCS Takura, American dub of Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Later in life, he appeared in an episode of Deep, a series which Callan appeared a few times. Per Crypto... Per Crypto... Per... Bleh, per Krypton site. There, got it. His death was confirmed by the Interact Theater Company, who issued a brief statement of his, on his past. Our treasured longtime member, dear friend and trusted colleague Eddie Jones, passed away today. They were on July 6th. Eddie was a true color of our company from its earliest days. An actor keen wit and sharp instinct, when Eddie was on stage, you couldn't take your eyes off him. When he was off stage, his broad, bright smile would light up the room. Everyone who knew Eddie as a friend or had the good fortune to share the stage room was touched by his gentle and generous nature. He would be deeply missed by all. IEC extends its deep condolences to his deep, devoted wife, Anita Canadian Jones, an extended family. May the flight of angels sing thee thy rest, Eddie. That's sad. Hey, you know, a lot of people have passed away. Yeah. Well, here's somebody else who passed away. Um, the tone, the the tone-winning creator of Annie, his name is Martin Charnin. He's dead at 84. Yeah. A lot of people pass away, have been passing away this week. Yeah, really. Let's see. Um, see, he was the lyricist, first director of the show, he played 2,377 performances in its original 1977 Broadway run. That's a lot. <laughs> So anyway, Martin Charnin, the Tony-winning lyricist, writer, and librettist, best known for creating and directing the sensationally successful Broadway musical Annie, has died. He was 84. Charnin died Saturday in a hospital in White Plains, New York, three days after suffering a heart attack, his daughter Sasha told The Hollywood Reporter. She wrote on Facebook, as loving as he was, he has kept all of us completely directionless. Which way do we go, Daddy? Damn, she wrote. Like he said, it, and as corny as this sounds, the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> hmm. Sorry, I had to drink water. With more than 40 productions to his credit, Charnin played lyrics for seven broad musicals and directed seven shows as well. He won his Tony Award for Best Original Sport with composer Charles Strauss for Annie. The show, produced by Nichols, won seven Tonys in all, including Best Musical and Best Act in the Musical for Dorothy Loudon, who originated the role of unscrupulous, boosting orphanage administrator Miss Hannigan. Tronin also received three Emmys for work on television variety specials and won a Grammy for, are you ready for this one? Jay's Hard Knock Life Ghetto Anthem, which sampled his lyrics from the Annie song of that name. <laughs> Let's see. He can see the musical Annie, which premiered at Goodspeed Opera House in 1976 and opened on Broadway the following year from the Harold Gray comic strip about Little Orphan Annie, a street smart teacher who goes to live with a wealthy bachelor during the Great Depression. I guess when you're in the business of making musicals, you look for ideas, you look for source material anywhere, he told The Guardian in 2016. At that particular moment, all of Dickens had been taken and it all been musicalized. If I had found it in a bone wrapper, I guess I'd have tried to get the rights to it. I read that book before I gave it away and ultimately ended up not giving it away. I was so sick of Harold Gray's original drawings. Vernon directed the original production and wrote lyrics for musical, which had music Strauss and book by Thomas Meehan. 
It played for 2,377 performances on Broadway in its original run and has become a feature of the American musical theater canon. No matter how you bid it, it just doesn't break. It's just one of those iconic musicals in the history of theater. We are very grateful and lucky and thrilled about how it has survived, Charlie North told Broadway World in 2014. In the point of fact, there really aren't a lot of things out there like any. Born Martin J. Charney on November 24, 1934, he grew up in New York, the son of an opera singer. He received his BFA from Cooper Union, and after graduating, he spotted a call for actors, singers, and dancers for West Side Story, then an unknown musical. Although Charney had no performance training, he went to the audition and led a part of Big Deal, one of the original Jets, in the premiere Broadway production in 1957. He wanted to perform the role 1,000 times in New York and across the country. Georgia Jerome wow. Roberts was looking for authentic juvenile delinquents. I thought I could be one of them, he said. It was astonishing. I had never done a musical before, and to say I have no idea why I got the role. I guess it was eccentric. I made playwright Arthur Lawrence laugh when I read some of the lines he gave me do. Charnin launched his lyric writing career off-Broadway, wrote lyrics for cabaret shows and reviews, and produced shows featuring such performers as Dionne Warwick and Leslie Uggams. He made his Broadway lyricist debut with Hotspot in 1963, which he wrote with his frequent collaborator, Mary Rogers. Earlier, Charnin and Rogers had collaborated on a 1961 television show, The Hugh O'Brien Starring Feathertop, a music based on the Nathaniel Hawthorne story. They had met on West Side Story, as Rogers was good friends with lyricists Stephen Sondheim and Lorenz. Charnin wrote lyrics for 2 by 2 which had, made, had music by Richard Rogers and a book by Peter Brook, and played on Broadway in 1970. However, he devoted much of the early 70s to writing and producing TV and variety specials, winning three Emmys for Outstanding Variety Program for Annie, Women in Life of a Man, in the Life of a Man, which starred Anne Bancroft and Mel Brooks, and two for Outstanding Directorial Achievement and Variety Program for Swonderful, Marvelous, Sportswin, which starred Fred Astaire, Jack Lemmon, and Ethel Merman. Charnin made his Broadway directing debut in 1973 with a review Nash at Nine. He went on to direct Music Music at City Center and National Lampoon Show, which starred Rivers, John Belushi, Gilda Radner, Bill Murray. All right. Nice. Yeah. Through his career, Charnin directed several productions of Annie. He had mixed feelings about other productions, which included the 2012 Broadway revival directed by Tim Lapine and three major film adaptations. Two for the big screen and one for television. The fun of it for me is every time I do it, I learn something new about it. And in theory, every production that precedes the one I'm doing makes the one I'm doing the beneficiary of the stuff that I learned, Charnin said. So it keeps growing, it keeps changing. After Annie, Charnin wrote the lyrics for I Remember Mama, and he directed, wrote lyrics, and co-wrote the book for the first, a 1981 musical about Jackie Robinson. In the 80s, he directed Cafe Crown and Sid Caesar and Company, which also featured his songs from Broadway. David Allen Greer, who portrayed Robinson in the first and later Betty Warbucks, paid tribute to Charnin on Twitter. Rest in peace, Martin Charnin. He discovered me, gave me my first job in this business. Thoughts and prayers are with this family in this difficult, sad time. In the 1990s, Charnin directed Flowering Peach on Broadway and worked on a sequel to Annie called Annie Warbucks, which he wrote alongside Meehan and Strauss. The musical had out-of-town trials in Chicago and was slated for Broadway, but the mainstream production fell through after a major investor pulled out. The show opened off-Broadway in 1993. He directed several reviews off-Broadway, during, uh, including Upstairs at the O'Neill's and the No Frills Review. He was also the artistic director of Showtunes, a theater company in Seattle dedicated to reviving lesser-known musicals. Carter worked on, up until his death, directing shows as he was always looking for the next project. When asked if he ever plans to retire, he told the Guardian, Oh, God, no, I still have shit to write and direct. Survivors, <laughs> include, his wife, Shelley, yeah. Survivors include his wife, Shelley Birch Charney, his seven children, and three grandchildren. And that's the end of the story. Uh, oh, boy, that's sad, though. Yeah, and in the meantime, there are actually a lot of there are a lot of movies, TV shows, big anniversaries this year too. Let's see, Forrest Gump is twenty five, The Shadow is twenty five, The Karate Kid thirty five. 
Well, hello. You finally made it in, huh, you guys? Oh. Puppies are keeping me company. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of reasons TV shows having anniversaries this year. Let's see, Transformers Generation 1, 35 years old this year. Yay! It's the best one, period. Oh, yeah. Hey, quit it, Cosmo. That hurts. He's yeah. clawing oh my, my. He's clawing yeah, at my well, dad's foot. Yeah, well, I don't know if you heard this, but um, you know, you know, with Spider-Man Far From Home, that this is officially the end of Marvel Phase Three and basically the end of the Infinity Saga. But here's something interesting. Um, Doctor Strange Two, we're going to start filming sometime next year, but. Um, they're not having an eye for someone who play Nightmare, who's going to be the villain in this movie. You're not going to believe who is who has been asked to play Nightmare. I'm afraid the 11th, to ask. The eleventh Doctor, Matt Smith. Smith. Do you think he'll oh. do it? I give it a shot if he if he's got if he got what it takes. I'd I'd go see it. After he's done he's done he's been able to do good work away from Doctor Who so. Oh, you want to know something? What? I see more power to it, because you do not want to be pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. Pigeonholed, typecast, you name it. Yeah, because I think Adam West, when he did the original Batman yep. series back in 66, I don't think he got taken seriously anymore after that. Yeah. But after a long time, he finally embraced it, you uh-huh. know? I just want to see what's wrong. Yeah, I'm so glad he was able to embrace that. Uh, okay, okay. You're just a little tender down there. He's got a rash on his leg, and I, I, he won't let me get near it because he runs the risk of biting me. Yeah. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, Do you leave my shoe alone? Down. Yeah. Damn it. Oh my. Oh dear. Oh dear indeed. <laughs> but yeah, there's a let's see. Oh yeah. Um throughout the month of July, because of the fact that, you know, this year is the fiftieth anniversary of the moon landing. Uh, Turner Classic Movies is going to do a is doing a celebration of sci-fi movies every Tuesday for the whole month in prime time. Now, first one's already passed, so um. Well, what was the first what, one? The first one was early sci-fi um, movies. Let's try this on for size. A Trip to the Moon, 1902. Yes. Okay, what were some of the other ones? Uh, Metropolis, 1927. Woman in the Moon, 1929. Just to Come, 1936. And Flash Gordon Conquers the Universe, 1940. Uh-huh. There was Flash Gordon before there was Sam J. Jones. Yep, Buster Crab. Yeah. There was even a um, Flash Gordon before him. Mm-hmm, probably right. Anyway, this is what's coming tomorrow night, nineteen fifties, and this starts and this goes from eight p.m. Eastern all the way to like eight a.m. the next morning. Uh, you have the day the Earth stood still from nineteen fifty one, War of the Worlds nineteen fifty three, For Planet nineteen fifty six, Invasion of the Body Snatchers also nineteen fifty six, It Came from Outer Space nineteen fifty three, The Thing from Another World. From 1951, and Earth the Earth, the flying what? saucers, the thing from another world. Okay, the thing. Yeah, the thing from another world. And Earth versus the flying saucers from 1956. Some of those movies would be ripe for the riffing. Yeah, and then on the 16th, um, we have these are all moon movies <laughs> because the 20th 
in the 50th anniversary. I wonder if they'll show the right stuff. That's a, well, not here, not in this particular case. Because here's what they got. Um, Definition Moon, 1950, for all mankind, 1989. Countdown, from 1968. On the Earth's Moon, 1958. First Men in the Moon, from 1964. And A Trip to the Moon, from 1902. Yes, they're going to play that one again. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh. yeah. Some of those early movies can really get riffed, even though they don't have dialogue. Yeah. The Rift Track Screw would have a blast with that. Oh, yeah. And and then they have what's called the Creature Feature Late Night. Of course, Late Night is technically going into the next day, because they've got 20 million miles to Earth from 1957, then from 1954, The Blob from 1958, the Fly from 1958, not the A7 Help me! Help me! Help me! Oh my! Yeah, and then on till 23rd, we go to the 1960s. We have the Time Machine from 1960, the, the one of the classics of all time, 2001: A Space Odyssey from 1968, Five Million Years to Earth 1968, Maroon 1969. 12 to the Moon, 1960, and Village of the Damned, 1960. Oh, you want to know something? What? Okay, you, you watched Getaway, right, Shirley? Have you watched Getaway yet? No, I have not. Well, when you do, pay attention. They do a tribute. to They do a nod to 2001. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. All right, and finally, on the 30th, they'll have the 70s and 80s. You've got a uh, Close Encounter of the Third Time from 1977, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, also from 1977, Star Trek The Wrath of Khan from 1982. <laughs> Had to do that. Let's see, we have Solaris from 1972, Love's Run from 1976, Westworld from 1973, and finally 2010 from 1984. Yeah, the, they had a longer title to 2010, The Year We Made Contact. That's it. Now, what were the other ones? Because I had to go hunt down my shoe. The dog walked off with it. Oh, okay. Well, let me go back real quick. Blah, 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 blah. Come on, come on. Get down to the bottom. Yeah, it was Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> or Pecons! Yep, exactly. Then we have Solaris. Oh then we have Solaris, Logan's Run, Westworld, and 2010. Yeah, Logan's Run was kind of edgy, uh, controversial for its time, you know. Right. Because if you were past thirty, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was showing, you know, um, it was their version of disrespecting elders. Yeah. I put the wrong color back up. Okay, here's a question for you. How many of you remember the movie Gremlins? I do. Oh, my. I do. Uh, well, guess what? Uh, there's going to be a Gremlins animated prequel copy. Pick up the series by Warner Streaming. So unfortunately, it's not going to be on TV. I wonder how much Warner oh Streaming my. charges. That's going to be the question. But anyway, uh, the adult focus project, it's a project, because the latest figure of Warner Media's silver platform that's set to launch in the fourth quarter, which means it'll be like sometime in the fall. Warner Media is continuing to aggressively ramp up its roster of rules ahead of the fourth quarter debut of its direct-to-consumer streaming service. After placing its Grimm's animated prequel comedy into development back in February, the unnamed Warner streamer has handed out a 10-episode order for the adult folk project. Titled Grimm's Secrets of the Mogwai, the series is set in Shanghai in the 1920s and reveals the story about 10-year-old Sam Wang, future shop owner Mr. Wing in the 1984 feature film, with the young Mogwai called Gizmo. Along with a teenage street thief named L, Sam Gizmo would take a perilous journey through the Chinese countryside, encountering and sometimes battling colorful monsters and spirits from Chinese folklore. 
Under the quest to return gifts to his family and uncover a legendary treasure, they are pursued by power-hungry industrialists and his growing army of evil gremlins. Zay Chun from Gotham serves as the writer on New Gremlins, and with television's Daryl Frank and Justin Falvey, as well as Sam Register, will executive produce. Okay, I don't need to read that part because we don't need to go through all the, uh, you know, <laughs> name things. Well, and they can, it's kind of like gives Gizmo a backstory. Right. So I, know, I don't believe you even had a backstory. No. No, uh, Zach's dad just came home with him. He was a traveling salesman and just came home with Gizmo. Yeah. Yeah, I like his bro- I like Zach's I can't remember the older boy's real name and the thing, so I'm just calling him Zach. Zach had a very a brother that had an inquisitive mind. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh let's see. Inquiring minds wanna know. And, he go, yep. and remember when Gizmo got hit with the water? We have one, two, three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. When Gizmo reproduced into his evil counterpart. Yeah. Did you like Stripe with 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 intelligence? Yeah. That was in, I think, the second Gremlins movie. Okay. Did you ever see Gremlins? Tim? Yep, a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away? <laughs> yeah, that was gosh. Yeah, but um, Gizmo was brave in the department store going against Stripe's minions. He took the light to the face, too, to Get him in the water. Remember? Yeah. There's a fountain in the middle of the department store. Yeah. Okay, now you probably heard of this. Uh, Little Mermaid's live action version has Ariel cast as Ariel casted by Halle Bailey. Not Halle Berry, but Halle Bailey. Okay, now she happens to be African American. And there are some people who are not happy about this. Yeah, brother. I know. Well, you know what? Give her a chance. I know. Here's what it is. The original Little Mermaid just shared her thoughts on Halle Bailey's casting as Arrow. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. So, here's the story, and this was even the Conte for BuzzFeed staff who did this today. Disney fans got some exciting news last week when it was announced that 19-year-old actor Halle Bailey has been cast as Ariel in a live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Now, naturally, most fans are very happy about this news, but unfortunately, there's also been a racist backlash. Some social media users have started using the hashtag, NotMyArial, complaining that Disney kept a black performer in the role. I'm not going to give the names, but no, I don't do that anyway. Uh, here's a tweet that says, and just like that, Disney ruined the live-act Little Mermaid. Fuck Disney. And some said that because the Little Mermaid is a Danish fairy tale, Ariel should be white. Now, the Little Mermaid is about the 1989 Disney movie based on the story of the Little Mermaid, written by Hans Christian Andersen, where he describes white skin as blue eyes. Ariel is from Denmark, Nordic. Now, okay. Listen to, now here's the good news. Jody Benson, who voiced Ariel in the anime in the original animated film, made an appearance at Ford Supercon, and when she was asked about the controversy, this was her answer. I think that the spirit of the character is what really matters, she replied. What you bring to the table in a character as far as their heart and spirit is what really counts. Benson talked about how channeling Ariel's inner spirit is how she herself has been able to step into the role over the years despite getting older. And the outside patterns, because let's face it, I'm really, really old. And so when I'm singing part of your role, if you were to judge me on the way that I look on the outside, it might change the way that you interpret the song. 
But if you close your eyes, you can still hear the spirit of Ariel. Excuse me. <coughs> we need to be storytellers, she concluded. And no matter what we look like on the outside, no matter our race, our nation, color of our skin, our dialect, whether I'm tall or thin, whether overweight or underweight, or my hair is watercolor, we really need to tell the story. Thank you. You know what? The same people that are complaining about the African-American girl doing Ariel, it's probably mm-hmm. the same bunch that's complaining because Melissa McCarthy's been cast as Ursula. And some of them are saying, oh, it should have been a drag queen. It's like, yeah, but Melissa McCarthy has the look, the right body form for Ursula. Right. Probably the same bunch that doesn't want to see Melissa McCarthy is Ursula. Yeah. Now, it just so happens Freeform, the channel, posted its own response to the... Um, to the argument. And this was posted yesterday, so I'm going to put, put that in the chat. You mean just here? Because honestly, I feel like it's going way too far. Alright, so. So, of course, Haley was announced. Tons of slips offered their congratulations on social media, and many fans expressed their delight at having a woman of color to on such an iconic role. Now, the first one is, now I'm going to say who this person is because it's actually the real person. Halle Berry. Nice. Yep. In case you need a reminder, Halle's get it done. Congratulations on this amazing opportunity. We can't wait to see what you do. So Halle Berry can say Halle Bailey. And here's some other one. Nicki Minaj, beautiful girl, congratulations. Chris Teigen, my little teen is going to see a piece of her in her favorite Disney princess. I cannot wait. Jordan Sparks, OMG, I'm so happy for you. For all the little brown girls who will now see themselves as Eric too. Will Smith, congrats, boo. I don't know who Normani is, but uh, I didn't search his name. Uh, Aisha Curry, who's Steve Curry's wife. Yes, 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 my girlies will be thrilled. Let's see. Uh, and I don't know all the others, so. Uh, however, shortly after the news broke, hashtag Nam Arrow began t- trending on Twitter and he criticized the casting of a black actor. Now, I'm going to read those tweets again, but here's a, a couple others. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm not racist. I want damn accurate actors that look at her. It's a live action for me. You should look like the film, and she does it. Honestly, this is hilarious that y'all can't have opinions. To be honest, like, grow up. I agree. Grow up, people. Yeah. It's like somebody said, white people complain to cast a black girl as well. Disney created 49 films from 1937-2009 before delivering the first black princess with Kiana. That's just in the frog. Black girls watched the entire catalog never see themselves for 70 years. You spoiled racist brat. Who said that? Uh, Henry Monaghan did. I say give the girl a chance. And here's something else. All these races have no idea that in 1997, Brandy played Cinderella. If you remember the singer Brandy, she's black. She played Cinderella. Wasn't that on Freeform? Wasn't that movie on Freeform? No, that was actually on ABC. So grow up, people. Yeah. And don't squash a girl's dreams. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, um, <laughs> so neither Disney nor Halle have commented on the backlash. Freeform, the Disney network that shows Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, uh, wrote an open letter to the poor, unfortunate souls who criticized the casting. So here it is from Freeform. Yes, the original author of The Little Mermaid was Danish. Ariel is a mermaid. She lives in an underwater kingdom in international waters and can legit swim wherever she wants, even though that often upsets King Triton absolute zaddy. But for the sake of argument, let's say that Ariel 2 is Danish. These mermaids can be black because Danish people can be black. Ariel can skip to the surface at any time the pals scuttle and ahem, Jamaican crab Sebastian, sorry Flounder, and keep that bronze base tight. Black Danish people and thus merfolk can also genetically have red hair. But spoiler Back to the top. Character of Ariel is a work of fiction. So, so after all this is said and done, 
You still cannot get past the idea of choosing the incredible, sensational, highly talented, gorgeous Halle Bailey is anything other than the inspired casting that it is because she doesn't look like the cartoon one. Oh boy, do I have the news for you about you. <laughs> In other words, they're slamming back at the critics. Yeah, exactly. I say more power to her. Yeah. It's like, it's 2019, people, okay? I can accept it. It's like, it's going back to, they did the updated Mask comic books a couple years ago, okay? Mad Tracker, back in the cartoon, and Tim, you know this, he was white. In the comic book, in the newest comic book, they made him black, which I was okay with. But what turned me off immediately was the fact they made him a juvenile delinquent said, uh-uh, you're going to start something like that? I'm not giving it. In fact, he made all the mass, he made all the members of mass juvenile delinquents. It's like, are you crazy? If you're going to do something like that, whether it be a reboot of a live-action show or a, mm-hmm. or in a cartoon, mm-hmm. try to stick as much as you can to the original. Yeah. Without, like... They could have done the mask without. Um, they could have done mask without um, turning them into juvenile delinquents. Yeah, exactly. But that was my biggest turnoff. They they have they have a this African American boy who um, He's got a lot of intelligence. Yeah, he's a juvenile delinquent. Like, oh, come on. Forget it. I'm not getting it. <laughs> well, you want to know something, though? Technically, you enjoyed The Magician, right? Yes. Wasn't Cosmo somewhat of a delinquent before he met Ace? Yes, that's completely fine, though. No, I'm talking okay. about... No, I'm talking about the... Stere- I'm talking about the stereotype... This Matt Tracker, because he was black... Right, that's what right. I'm talking about. Okay. I felt like it was. I felt like it was staring. I was like, "Come on, can't you have? A, can't you have a truly intelligent black man just be successful? Right. Right. I think it's. I think it's ridiculous. All right. Yeah, well, anyway, I'll I'll tell you something. I've been having fun over the last few weeks because remember, remember, remember when we were talking about Cyberpunk 2077? I was like, wait a minute, is that Keanu Reason? Yes, Tim. But this is where it's fun. I started watching, like, then I started seeing reactions like, you know, um, what was it? Skywalker. Because um, you've got Ember, Emperor Palpatine's laugh in there towards the end, and it's like, oh, I get shocked or whoa! <laughs> it's like maybe one day I might do I might do a video, you know, just you know, something that's just that just came out, you know, be like everybody else was like, whoa! I was not expecting that. <laughs> so that's gonna be a lot of fun. I, I, I want to try that, you know, just to, just here and there. I'm not looking to be like a big YouTube star. I'll probably never be one, but I'm not worried about it. Because <laughs> I do it strictly for fun. But it's just fun watching all these crazy reactions. It's like, it's like, it's like was that Keanu like, Reeves? Or wait, it's Spider-Man? Because somebody posted like, one hour with 235 different reactions when Spider-Man gets revealed in the Captain America Civil War trailer. <laughs> that was from a couple years ago. So, it's very interesting. Oh. Uh, 
Um, thank you. I'll see. Wait, Wolverine Brimley is still alive. I thought he had died years ago. <laughs> Are you Probably sure? Going around Welcome. reminding people about diabetes. Yep. Oh but yeah, apparently he's still alive because he's going to Pensacon down in Pensacola. <laughs> what was the name of that show he was in? I think it was Our, Our House. House. Yeah. Our House. You sounded like you said outhouse. No, it's our house. <laughs> our house. Yeah. That's what you sounded like you said. Because if I remember right, um, oh, Deidre Hall was in it too, I think, wasn't she? Yep, Deidre Hall was in it, yep. And Chad yeah. Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember they were all, they, I remember they were all in that show. Oh, me. I'll get, Oh God, don't get me started, please. Sorry. Oh, um, bye. I didn't mean to. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. At least I'm getting. I'm getting used to this microphone a little bit, so you just have. To, it's it's going to take practice and figuring things out. But like I said, the thing that I have to remember is I got to make sure it's hooked up to my laptop, not my desktop, because my desktop likes to crap up the direct connect while my laptop is doing just fine as long as I don't mess with the volume or mute anybody on the laptop. <laughs> Trust me, it's, a, it's complicated stuff. <laughs> okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, we're down about 2 minutes 55 seconds, so um, here's basically the rundown. Tomorrow night, of course, is New Carsmill Tuesday. Tim will be at the rabbit hole, as per usual, which is fine. So, guess what? Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be and back. I will be, I will be Beethoven. <laughs> Had to oh, do that. my. I'll be Buck, and I'll be Beethoven, and I'll be Mozart. (laughs) There's a full bit to that joke. There's a full bit to that. I just can't remember what it was. That's okay. Let's see. Now, Wednesday, this is our break week, so no show Wednesday. Thursday, of course, is the free for all, and Friday, of course, is Naughty Mad Libs, the summer. I'll be there. I'll be there. And of course, we'll be I'll using. Be... Go ahead. I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> yep. And of course, Friday we'll be using we'll be using our our new favorite person, Lieutenant Jefferson Hamburger of the Battle of LaGuardia International Airport. <laughs> oh yeah. Got to one of that fake president. Yeah. I swear to God, all these now food. These snafus are really making this a lot more fun now. <laughs> First, Kofifi, well, now hamburger, then like, defending the airports is like what? <laughs> well, I mean, if we cracked open his head, there'd be nothing in it. So you're probably right. <laughs> none, none, none of this surprises me in the least. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, well, anyway, it's time to wrap these up. So, please remember to follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and follow us on our site, beyondtheairwaves.weebly.com. If you ever miss an episode, because let's face it, life happens, there are three ways you can catch up. First, there's this available on iTunes, Google Play, and the Amazon Kindle Spark. Second, you can listen to or download full episodes of the show from blogtalkview.com. And finally, you can find us on iTunes. Just do us in the podcast for Beyond the Airwaves, and you'll find many of our episodes there. So with that, I'm going to say love, piece of chicken grease. Everybody have a great night. Sleep well. Stay safe. We'll see you tomorrow for New Cardinal Tuesday.
All right, that is all for tonight. Have a great night, and remember... You, I almost had him. I had him. I almost had him. <laughs> you stuttering prick, you. Shut up! Next. Next. I'm Groot. Mm-hmm. I'm Groot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm Groot. Oh, shit! <laughs> and let's see. I'm going to pick the last one. I'm going to go with... This one. Evil beware. We have waffles. Oh, oh shit. shit! That means I better get to the canteen Ooh. before all the waffles are gone. Yeah. All right. This is a red alert. Not another stroller on the deck. Move. Shut up. Yeah. In that case, I think that's what I'm going to do. If I can find it. Hold on. There it is. <laughs> this is a red alert. Not a stroll around the deck. Move. Shut up. <laughs> Woo. All right. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Night, y'all. Take care, yeah. everybody. Jana.